Are you ready to build a business with consistent income and have time left to spend with your family? In Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the strategies to create exactly what you want in your business and in your life. Now, here's your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and I'm really excited to be here today. And this entire month, my commitment to you is to talk about a lot of these experiences that we have as leaders of of corporations, of small businesses, of families, of lives, especially coming for you. You know, I'm a mom and an entrepreneur, and I've got all the volunteer, I've got all these other facets in my life. And what I'm committed to creating this month with you is on a deeper level of what it is that we really want in our lives. Because a lot of times we can get stuck in this, this doing and not being about the being. And so what, what's really come up for me over these last you know, month is about who we become in the pursuit of our becoming. So when we're building our businesses or as we get older and we say, we're going to create a family and we're going to have this and we're going to have that, what I am committed to understanding and, and to being is about that space of who we actually become. Because a lot of us, you know, nobody sets out to work 70, 80 hours a week. No one sets out to be stressed all the time. No one sets out to be angry. Like those aren't things that we desire. It's not like when we're a little, when I was a little girl, I said, gosh, I would really love to be a tired, overworked mom. Like that's not what we say. And yet some of us become that. And so how does that happen? How does that happen? And it's about that space of who we become in the pursuit of becoming. And as I shared last week, I've been on an incredible journey the last few months. My mom uh, passed away. She transitioned into, for me, I believe it's heaven, but she is in a different space. And I've had COVID. I mean, every piece of the world that we, that we especially as a kid, that we fear our health, our, our parents, it's all changed for me. And And so the the piece that we're going to start in here is about the true mark of a leader and what that looks like. And the true mark of a leader is that the leader shows up even when it's messy, even when they don't want to, even when nothing seems perfect or right. I use that word right. Okay. Because, because we create, we live in a world where we create a right or a wrong. Okay, we live in this world where we want to show up in a perfect way. We think about the Facebook phenomenon. I just saw an image the other day. It was beautiful. That one side of the image was this really nice apple, clean, shiny. It looked really good. Like you want to take a bite out of it. And on the other side was this eaten apple. You could see all the way to the core. But the only, the only piece that was showing in the Facebook image was the side of the really fancy apple not the side that was all eaten in. And so that's what happens a lot of times when we're in a space like like Facebook or you know even in the world, the side that we want to portray is the shiny side. But most of us, we don't want to flip the apple around and we don't want to show people our apple that's half eaten. And so how that relates to our lives is we want to show the, the, the clean, the easy, the joy. We want to show all those pieces, but we don't want to flip it around and show the other side. And The trap that we can walk down then, especially as leaders, is that people believe that when we get to certain places, like a certain point in life, that we are, we don't have it figured out because what's wrong? 
I'm having stress or how can I be, how can I have made it in life? I made it to this role of being an, uh, an entrepreneur and yet I'm still working 70 or 80 hours or I'm stressed all the time. And, and so that's the other side, but we don't show that. Okay. And so what I'm here to say is the other side, the core of the apple, you get to choose what it looks like. You get to choose that because that is truly a choice. And I'm going to flip my apple around for you today and I'm going to show you the other side. So what you can't maybe tell is that I shared with you last week, saying I just shared it. So my mom's passed away. I've had COVID. So let's just talk about that piece. Okay. So I'm turning my apple around. I'm showing you my core. So I have, I've been tired. My body is tired. I've been taking naps this weekend. I took naps. It, my boys watched a movie on Saturday night. We went fishing for Cub Scouts in the day. We, I was with them. My husband was on a camping trip with my older son. I took our kids fishing. We sat down. We were going to watch a family movie. The boys were all excited. And then I fell asleep. I was so beat by the end of the day. So I had COVID over a month ago, but the remnants of it are that I'm just tired. And yesterday, I was really, it was a beautiful day out, very excited to be productive. And I took a nap in the middle of the day, two hour nap. And it was beautiful because it's exactly what I needed. And for me, for being a high performing leader, somebody that moves quickly, I did not get all the stuff done that I wanted to get done. And yet, so I have all the permission in the world to, to move forward, but I'm, my, my body is tired. Okay. So, so that's one piece. Two, when I think about everything that's ahead in this very moment, so between grief and my kids are homeschooled right now, we're working on a vacation and just getting away for a little bit which would involve four days of driving, you know, all that's, all that's happening. It makes me get this, hear the word tired. <laughs> I'm just tired. And so I tell you that in that when I thought about getting on this show today and talking about something that's, that's really a vulnerable space. I mean, you want to talk about business. We can talk all day about business and it, it's, that is very easy for me to talk about. But when I actually talk about some of this deeper stuff, that requires energy. And for somebody that's tired, that is a challenge. So the true mark of a leader is that we show up even when it's messy. So when I thought about what am I going to say? Do I even share it? I'm the person that always has energy. I lead from a very high level of energy and yet... This is happening. I have this space. And here's the other piece. When my body gets into an extreme space of, of tire, of, of exhaustion, something happens. And it's happened. This is the third time this has happened. There's a little piriformis muscle. It sits between your glute and your hamstring. So you're right between your butt. Okay, about the base of your butt. We call the piriformis muscle. And that for me, when I get tired, when I get into a space where there's a lot of stuff going on, and I'm talking extreme stuff, so again, this only happened three times in my life, that muscle fires up, and it sits right next to the sciatica. And if any of you have ever experienced sciatic pain, it's not fun. It's not something I would wish upon anyone. And guess what? My piriformis muscle is 
on fire. So sit, I'm, I'm sitting here in a chair right now and I'm sitting on a, you can't see a coccyx pillow, which is wonderful if you guys have sciatic nerves. And I tell you this because laying down in a flat position or walking really eases this pain. But I'm choosing to be on this show with you because leaders show up messy. They show up whole. They show up exactly as they are. And they say, this is how it is. And it's okay. And so how many times in your life have you gotten to a point where you say, I don't want to show up this way. I've got to wait until I'm collected. I've got to be composed. I've got to show up a certain way. We tell ourselves that there's one way to show up. And yet our most powerful self, the way that we can really make an impact is to show up exactly as we are. To show up with the tears streaming down our faces, to show up from the space of this is what's happened and it's okay. Because you guys, here's the thing that it's taken me many years to realize this, is that my life is working for me. So I'm creating it, which means I'm not a victim to it. So whatever I create is on purpose. And that means that this little piriformis muscle, yes, it's absolutely slowing me down, which on one hand I find agonizing. And the other hand is a wonderful message from the universe to say, Kathleen, slow down. Kathleen, listen. I told you guys last week up on my wall, I have this be still and know hanging. And it's something that I, I, I put it up on my wall because it's a place that I see it every single day. And that's a message that I get to be grounded in. Be still and know. So there is a, there's a Bible verse that, that relates to that, but the, but the core principle, be still and know, is grounded in Kathleen. Sit down, put your hands underneath you, and be quiet for a little bit. And just be still. The power of the pause. We use that term from a speaking. So if you're in public speaking, you'll hear the term power of the pause. But you'll also hear it when we're talking about our lives. There's a time to move like a freight train. And there's a time to appreciate the power of the pause. To be in the moment, to see what's around you, to be able to inhale and exhale. That pause is powerful. How many times in your life do you plow past the pause? Does the world, does the universe send you so many signs like red blinking lights? Hey, it's time to pause. I've been sending you a message, but you can't hear it because you're moving so fast that we miss it. And then we end up stressed and then we end up hurt. The power of the pause means more then just pause. There's so much behind that that's sit down and listen. Be still and know. 
So whenever you hear yourself saying words like, I don't know, or I'm not sure, wherever that uncertainty is coming in, think about the power of the pause, the power of the pause, because that's really important. So important. So one of the things that we're going to talk about today, it's my book. It's called Joy and Uncertainty. And we're not talking about it because it's my book. Actually, that's not at all (laughs) the case of it. The reason that we're talking about joy and uncertainty is that all of us are living in an uncertain time. So here in the U.S., we just went through the elections. So that's definitely an uncertain place. We have COVID that's affecting the entire world. And so that's uncertain. We all have different spaces, whether we own a business or we're an employee of a business or we have kids that are in school. Those are all uncertain times. So my kids are homeschooled this year. We're spending an enormous amount of time with them, just experiencing what they're experiencing, creating curriculum. We, we just created this incredible uh, curriculum on a movie that they watched last night It's called National Treasure. It's been out forever. You guys probably have, have seen the movie, but there was a whole curriculum based around it. I had no idea. It was so cool. They're, they're working on some of these these uh, secret codes. They're building out, uh, they, they took Morse code and the code that's talked about in the movie and they're building this out. I had no idea that that even existed. Can I, I say that because we're having fun with it. The movie was great. I saw it a long time ago, but, but it was so fun. I was really experiencing joy in this time where everything else around me is uncertain. I don't know what the world's gonna look like. You guys, my husband just launched a new business. I don't know where that's going to go. We're taking a lot of our our family uh, strength, structure, what's the word, stability around something that's totally unknown. And yet we can still have joy in that time. When we can choose not to, we can choose to be frustrated or, or angry or unease or any of those ways of being that are, that typically come with this, like, I don't know what's coming next, but I'm choosing joy. Okay, I'm choosing joy. And the piece about that is joy is a choice. It's a choice. And I got to a point a few years ago in my life and I said, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. If, if whatever's in front of me isn't bringing me joy, I'm not going to be a part of it. I just don't have, I'm not going to make time in my life for things that don't excite me. And so some of you are saying, but Kathleen, what about the laundry? What about the laundry? Does that bring you joy? (laughs) And then I laugh because, I mean, yes and no. (laughs) I love having enough clothes. (laughs) And it brings me joy to wash them because I really don't like to shop. I really don't like to shop. (laughs) So you guys, joy is a choice. And we are going to talk more about this. We're going to go on a quick break. And then we're going to talk more about how you can choose joy. And I'm actually going to share with you the process of writing this book that joy and uncertainty, because that really was an uncertain experience. It was something that I really wanted to, to stop doing multiple times. And yet I persevered. I even paused that power of the pause that we we're talking about. I paused and then came back to it. So we're going to talk about that right after this break. You are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. So enjoy this quick break and I'll talk to you very soon. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. 
you will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Risa. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. I am your host, Kathleen Reeson. And today we are talking all about joy as a choice and creating from the space of uncertainty. So we talked in the last session of last period before the break about how the true mark of a leader is moving forward even when it's messy, even when it's messy. And so what I want to share with you next is about my book, Joy and Uncertainty, and how this came about. Because you guys, this was messy. Okay, a lot of you, uh, many people say, I want to write a book. And I do believe that we each have a story to share. We each have a story to share. And when I was writing this book, one of my friends said to me, if you impact one person with your story, will it be worth it? And I thought for a moment, one person, (laughs) a lot of work to impact one person. And then I thought about it. And I said, if all I ever did in my life was impact one person, is that enough? And my answer, and it may be different than yours, but my answer was yes. It, was to- it would be totally worth it to impact just one person. And she said to me, she says these words to me, then write your book because that person is praying for the words you have to say. Write your book because that person is praying for the words you have to say. And so I kept that in my mind because you guys, this book, every time I started to write it, something would happen that was crazy. And I thought, this is like opening a can of worms. Why would I continue down this path when every time it was big stuff I was going through? And so when I wrote this book, it's sort of biography. And they're autobiographical about me and sort of about you. But the whole point of it 
was that it was about you and I drew from experiences. So the very first chapter, and actually in one of the earlier shows here, I've read the first chapter to you. So I'm going to read it today. You get to go find that, which one that is. But it talks about how you have all the answers. So a lot of people, especially as a coach, they come to me thinking that I have some kind of answer for them about what they want to create in their life. And the reality is I don't. I don't. I'm a really great listener. And uh, I know how to dig down and ask questions so that you can know that you already have all the answers, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You have all of the answers. So the beauty is that if you already know it, then why do you have to go through this process? And, And that is because most of us, most of us have hidden from ourselves that we actually have all the answers. So we don't know that we have all the answers and we go through these processes as as adults to uncover what we already know. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? There is no hope. We we all have the answers and and most of us don't even realize it. So that's the beauty of it. And that's what we talk about in chapter one. And so that part wasn't so hard to write. Okay, that was was more like, this is what happened in my life. You know, here's the context of, why would you listen to me? Okay, so, so no big deal. I could get there. But then as we went through the book, I talked about things that were even, that were personal, that were uncomfortable. I talk about the moment when I thought my husband was dead, when, he, when I thought he died. And that was after he'd had a uh, right thoracotomy. Uh, he had what we, what we believe to be histoplasmosis. We don't know but he had all the symptoms for that. He was in the ICU and I went home. I had been with him for the better part of a week. I go home to take a shower and I was gone for 30 minutes. We lived 10 minutes away, drove home, took the world's fastest shower, came back. And in that time, there was yellow caution tape up across his room. And I wasn't allowed to go in. There was a guard standing at the entrance to his door. And I saw this and I thought for sure he died. There was not a question in my mind. And in that moment, I didn't even go into a space of my husband's dead. The the emotions weren't there yet. It was, should I call his parents? No, I think they prefer if I drive there. That was what was going through my mind. And that was probably maybe 20 seconds, but it felt like about 20 minutes. And then this nurse, she walks by, she sees me and we lock eyes. And in that moment, I swear she could read my soul. And she comes up to me and she says, oh, honey, he's not dead. He's getting his central line in. And so to get the central line in, it's a very sterile environment. And they had actually put caution tape up to make sure that no one accidentally walked into the environment so they could create a, a clean room. And so as I think back on that story, I think, wow, that was a big moment. And in that moment, the emotions, they hadn't come up. So as I'm writing this book, many years later, guess what came up? All those emotions. And I write in here about what it was like to take my son to nearly well, five to seven doctor's appointments a week, not even nearly. I took him to five to seven doctor's appointments a week for the first year of his life. There were over 30 times that first year where I thought he was going to die. And I could go deep into each 
one of those moments. But for the purpose of this conversation, what I found in this book was the gravity of that year. I, I got done at the end of the year. He was born in October. And even his birth story is incredible. Like my husband was in Denver and he made it back uh, just in time for his birth. My husband was in the hospital. All right, my, my dad was in the hospital. My mom, she wouldn't let me drive myself to the hospital. She, she, she was with my dad in the hospital. She came home to, to my house, picked me up and drove me to the hospital and she stayed with me. She even stayed through the birth. So after Josh had gotten there, she stayed with me and she got to experience Andrew's birth. And so just the birth experience in and of itself, it's, I wrote it in the book, but that's incredible. But what was really came up for me when I wrote this book was about the gravity of that entire year. And at the end of that year, my sister and I decided to run a half marathon. It's like a commemorative. We did it. We made it through the year. My sister lived in Tennessee. So we decided the rock and roll half marathon. And I was really excited about it and really not well prepared, but didn't matter. I just, it was something the kids were at home. They were going to be, Josh was going to watch them. And I was going to have a, you know, 13 miles, just hanging with my sister. My mom and I drove out to Tennessee while my sister heard her back and she couldn't run. I thought, do I still want to run? Cause it's a cool weekend. I could just hang out with my mom and my sister and that'd be fine. But I was going to do this for me. It'd been one heck of a year. And so 13 miles was going to be my, my coming back. I made it. <laughs> Whatever words we want to put to that. Like, wow, she did it. <laughs> I was telling myself that. And about mile 10, I wanted to quit. I was tired. My lack of training had really kicked in because there was a ton of time that I was creating to training at that point. And uh, I got to mile 10. And my foot hit the curb. I was right. It was really tight. You ever done a rock and roll half marathon? There's tons of people. Not, not right in this moment, but there was at that point many years ago, seven years ago, my right foot hits the curb and I'm about to trip and I catch my balance and I stand up and all of a sudden the crowd parts. So everybody spread out and I had space probably about, I don't know, 100 yards in front of me, 100 yards behind me, 100 yards beside me. It was just open road and me. And I come around this corner and I see this building. And I don't even know, for, from those of you that are in Nashville, you might know what this building is, but it was a building maybe three stories high, full of glass windows. Glass. So as I run by the building, I can see my reflection in the windows. And I see myself, I had a pink shirt on and I had a red sweat mask or bandana on and I'm running. More like jogging, walking combination, whatever you want to call it, but I'm moving. Like, let's celebrate that I'm moving. And I see my reflection in these mirrors. And as I cross each pane, I see myself continuing to move forward. And I had this moment of just all the, the grief, the, all those emotions that had been bottled up for an entire year, the levity of that situation of, of being responsible for my son's life of, uh, everything that had happened. And, and keep in mind, guys, 
I didn't share with you the timing, but in 2011 was when Josh was really sick. And so the moment I shared with you before that, that was in 2011. In 2012, Andrew was born. And so the year that I'm telling you about was, was just really just a year after everything had happened with Josh. And so that was a really crazy time. Those were back to back on each other. And I'm running and I'm seeing myself and I'm realizing the power that I have in me and how I just simply moving forward was incredibly powerful. And in that moment, I chose joy. Even though my body was exhausted, I chose joy. And so in the book, I write about that experience. And you know what happened as I wrote about it? Just like right now when I'm talking about it, all these experiences, these emotions are coming up. And so I'm writing this book and every time I'm writing, more stuff is coming up. And it was incredibly uncomfortable because I got to go through these emotions that I hadn't dealt with. I hadn't, I thought I had, but I moved through so quickly. I wasn't in that power of the pause. I wasn't in be still and know. And so I'm reading through this book and I'm, I'm experiencing all these emotions and they're so uncomfortable. I just want to stop writing the book. If I just stop writing the book, then I won't have to feel these. Then I won't have to feel these. And if I had followed that path, the one person that I was meant to impact wouldn't have heard the words. He wouldn't have heard the words. So we're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, I'm going to share with you how we still move forward, how we choose joy, even when it's uncomfortable, even when we don't know what's next. How did this book, how did we actually finish the book? And how did it get here so that you guys could see it? And how, how do you know that you're going to write this book when maybe that one person is never going to show up? Or maybe we'll never meet that one person. Or maybe we'll never know that that one person was actually impacted. How do you still move forward? So that's what we'll talk about right after this break. You guys are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. I'll talk to you very soon after this break. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. And here we are back with Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. And I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson. And if you've been listening for the last half an hour, we've been talking about how we have joy in uncertainty, which is exactly what my book is titled, Joy in Uncertainty, A Guide to Creating a Meaningful Life. It's available on Amazon. And one of the things that we have been talking about 
is how we choose joy in a space of maybe others, or, or we normally wouldn't choose joy. And I've been sharing about some of the experiences that I've had, especially in writing this book. And there were many times where the emotions that came up as I really let myself be vulnerable and, and intimate. And you guys, as a, as a high powered leader, somebody that really, I have a lot of, lot of success that I could show you. My, my resume looks great. Uh, as someone like that, and maybe you guys can relate to that space. And I sat from a very humble space. Intimacy and vulnerability are my, let's say my, my superpower and my weakness. Meaning it's not a space that I'm comfortable going into. There are some people that are, are very comfortable in that space of vulnerability and intimacy. And for me, it's a stretch. So it's not someplace that I naturally used to go into. And I've trained myself to be able to go into that, to go into that place. So even here, as I've been sharing, for those of you that are, that are watching on the TV version, uh, and those of you on radio wouldn't know this, but I've actually, I've had some tears during the show, just recounting the experiences that have led to this moment, to, to this moment being here with you. And that's not something that I, I used to, I used to be the person where if you came to me crying, I'd be like, there, there, it's okay. Maybe you can relate. Uh, and now I'm the one that would, that would give you the hug and would listen and ask questions and know that whatever you're coming to me with has nothing to do with me because I can say I'm clean, meaning it's not about me. It's truly about the person that's sitting in front of me. And when I wrote this book, why that this was such a challenge for me was because I wrote it from a vulnerable and intimate space. If I were just to write you a book about here are the five steps to creating a six figure plus business, or here are three ways to be the best leader. And I didn't put that vulnerability and intimacy in it into the UC intimacy. If that wasn't in there, those would be with ease. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have challenges with that. But because in this book, I went into stories that I got to work through and writing them down. I talked about the day my marriage ended. We rebuilt it. My husband and I are still married. And there was a day when it truly ended. My husband drove away in his truck. He said, we're done. And I had this moment <laughs> of just total like, Whew. Whew. that happened. And then we decided we get to create another space. We get to rely on each other and ourselves in a different way. And we created that, but that happened. You guys, that happened. And I wrote about it in the book for the world to see. And here's the thing. I went ahead and published this book. I, I, <laughs> It was done last October. So it is now I'm coming to you in November. And it was done last October. It was, was ready. It was 99% complete. It was through editing. It could have been published at that point. But there was a piece of me that said, not yet. And I don't know whether that was me holding back or whether that was divine timing. Who knows? But what I know was that this April, with all of the uncertainty that existed in this world, I said, now is the time. It gets to be released and out in this world. And so the ebook launched first, and it was one of the most uncomfortable experiences of my life. 
to put those words out into the world, knowing that other people are going to see them and interpret them in their own way and not having control of the conversation and knowing that it's messy and letting everybody, it's like, it's like inviting somebody to your house and giving them a tour of your house, stopping in your bedroom and saying, Hey, come here. Do you want to look into my underwear drawer here? These are my underwear. Like you would never do that. You would never invite somebody into your room and show them your underwear. You wouldn't dig through your dirty laundry and be like, look at this. You just wouldn't do that. And yet here I am publishing this book. That's the equivalent to my dirty laundry. So that was really uncomfortable. And then it came time for the paperback. And when I got to the paperback and getting that out into the world, and I used Amazon and there's a KDP process. It was actually very smooth. When I got to the paperback, I thought, meh, no big deal. Because I'd already stretched through the ebook, which was really, wasn't about the ebook or the paperback. It was about putting the content into the world for that one person and not knowing if that one person will ever see it. And I do believe I've gotten feedback that, that uh, at least one, one person has, has read the book and has benefited from the book. But I don't, you know, with a book, you don't get to hear the stories of how that material supports a year, two years, three years down the road. With my coaching, I get to hear that. I get to see that. But with the book, I don't. So you get to put something into the world. You birth it just like a child. You birth it into the world and you say, I love you and you have a job to do and go do it. And that is the process of a book. And it's incredibly gratifying now that it's out there. And I can say, here's my book. Go read it. Not because I care. Guys, the money on this, it's not like I'm putting my kids through college on that. It is not about the money, but it's about a message that's so important to me because of how it gets to land with somebody else. And now I can think about book two and book three and book four and book five and book six. And those would not bother me the same way this one did. Because this was a stretch of vulnerability and intimacy. And that's where I got to go next. And I got to choose joy during that process. And there were times when I didn't. <laughs> could ask my husband that. He would have a whole, he, would, he could take over my uh, podcast and the live radio all that next week and share the entire experience with you. Because he'll tell you about how it was rocky. And sometimes I was totally bought in to the desire to create this book. And sometimes I, won't, I wasn't. But yet the mark of a true leader is that they show up messy and they do it anyway. So we still move forward even when we're uncomfortable. And we get to choose during that period if we're going to be mad or angry or joy. And I've conditioned myself now that let's just say 98% of the time, not all the time, because I still have breakdowns, lots of breakdowns. Uh, but I've conditioned myself that regardless of what's going on, even in the craziest of times, even in the most uncomfortable, most uncertain of times that I can still put a, a smile on my face and truly be in joy. And it's not because I'm a super, I'm, I'm not any different than anybody else. 
I usually put my pants on one leg at a time. It's a little weird now with my piriformis muscle. It's like half a leg at a time. <laughs> that's just humor. And that's finding joy in an uncomfortable situation. So I'm telling you, that's how this stuff works. So when something appears in front of you, when an experience, you were creating these experiences that are uncomfortable, that no one else would want to walk through, how are we showing up? because that is a choice. A lot of us, uh, we can go into overwhelm, okay? And we all know the feeling of overwhelm, but let's just talk about it. Overwhelm is that space where we get anxious. There's a lot going on. So maybe you've got not sure what's gonna happen with kids for school. Are they home? Are they not? What do I do for their schooling? We've got, let's just, let's just look at this from a parent. Let's not, let's let's take business out of this, but most of us are parents. Some aren't, but, but let's just look at this from a parent perspective. We've got social, emotional issues with our kids. Right now we have the highest rate of anxiety in teenagers and preteens, highest rate of anxiety. So we could go all into the why of that. And at, at this point, that's not, that's not where we're at, but we've got a lot of parents that are worrying about anxiety in children. We've got a school system right now where we have instability. We don't know whether they'll be in school or out of school, virtual. So we've got instability there. We've got how that affects our lives as parents and what our role is going to be. Just those three things alone are enough to create a lot of uncertainty, okay? And our children feed off of us. So when we're on this roller coaster of, Life is good. Oh no, I just got delivered the news that you're going to be home from school for a while. And oh my gosh, this is happening. This is good. This is bad. This is good. This is bad. This is good. This is bad. What do you think happens to our kids? They ride that roller coaster too. So now we're in a space and in a home space where we're like, I don't know what's going on. And we get to create joy. We get to create joy. So then we get to put the smile on our face, not from a space of fake it till we make it, which is something that I hear a lot, but authentically choosing joy. And one of the things that I work on, and it's something that I just, I just did this. So I'm not, I can't even make this stuff up. But you just, let's take a piece of paper, divide it into two, fold it in half, you can put a line down it. On the right side is the column, all the things that aren't working, okay? All the things that aren't working and just put it all there. All the things that aren't working. Instability in our schools, kids are all over the place. Uh, maybe, maybe we're having challenges with our spouse. A lot of times when this happens, if we're gonna have issues with our spouse too. So all the things that aren't working, kids aren't listening to me, all the things. And then on the other side, the left side, are all the things that are working. The first time that I created this list, my right side was really, really long. My left side was pretty short. And then, then I went to somebody that knew me really well. And I asked my parents, okay, I asked my parents this. I didn't even go to my husband at this point. I asked my parents, from an outside view, what's your experience of all the stuff that's working? and all the stuff that's not working. And I didn't give them my list, I didn't show them my list. But I I asked them to, from their experience, what they thought, what they saw. 
And then we walked through those lists. And you know what happened? You know what was incredible? Their list, they had the things that weren't working, were very short. And the things that were working were very long. And the things that were working on their list were the exact same things that weren't working on my list. And I learned a really valuable lesson here and it's perspective. Because the things that weren't working are just a tiny shift away from being working. And because I asked somebody that wasn't me to look at this and to look at it from a different perspective, what I saw was, oh my gosh, (laughs) if I just shift my mindset a little bit, then those things can work. Those things can work. And over time, I've I've trained myself where I can make that list, the what's working and what's not working. And now I don't necessarily need that third party to show me from their experience what is working and what's not working. I can just make the list and I can see it. And then I can say, oh, what would it require to move the things that aren't working over to the things that are working? So what's the shift that I get to make? But I started by saying, what's that little shift that can make, that we can make happen? so that we can go from what's not working to what's working, okay? And that's the piece that we get to look at. We're gonna look at these tiny shifts when we come back from this break. So we're gonna go on a quick break and then we'll talk about the tiny shift that you can make to move things from the category of what's not working to what's working. And in this process, that's where you'll create this joy because we realize that everything is a choice. It's just a shift in our mindset. All right, guys, quick break. You're listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and enjoy this quick break. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses you will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Risa. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we have been talking for the last 45 minutes about how to create joy and uncertainty, what it requires to create joy, even though you have no idea what's ahead. We haven't even talked about surrender or uh, really releasing control. Well, we'll get into that next week because <laughs> this whole month we are talking about this concept of joy and uncertainty. We're talking about living a life worth living. Yeah. How do we create that? My mom passed away last month and I am grounded in the space that life is now. And so how do we create exactly what we want in our life? 
not a, you're not a victim, I'm not a victim. We know that and we get to stand as, as a powerful source for exactly what we want to create in our lives. And so what we talked about right before this break was a, taking a piece of paper and on the right side, the right column, two columns, the right column, we have a, one that says things that aren't working in my life. And in the left column, things that are. And I shared how when I began this exercises process, I used a third party fancy name for my parents and said, in your opinion, what are the things that are working and the things that aren't working? Okay. And I got to see that what they put that are working were the same things that I put that aren't working. And I got to see that with just a tiny shift, they could be working. And so what the distinction is here that we get to ground in is that anything is possible. 100% anything is possible when we can think it because that's how we create space. So you guys, I'm going to share with you. This is not about business, anything. Uh, we had, this has been like two years, had a party plan for our one of our businesses, but this was a party that we were going to host. And there were going to be 250 people coming. And they were excited for food, for liquor, for a party. And three hours before the party, we realized the company that we thought was going to host this, the food and the liquor, wasn't going to host this. So we had three hours to arrange a liquor license, food, liquor, a party, a party. All we had was the space. That was it. Not some chairs. We had space and chairs, maybe some decorations, but we had no actual food or alcohol, any of that. And so we had two choices, right? What wasn't working, what was working. What was working, we had space. We had people coming. What wasn't working, we didn't have anything else. Okay, so in that moment, we got to pull all the strings, lean in, surrender, move forward in what could be created. And I'll tell you what, three hours later, we had an incredible party. And I tell you that because that's a really simple way to understand this concept that anything is possible till we can spend our time. Like how much time do we spend when we're in situations like what I described with the party or bigger ones, like some of them that I've walked into that, that probably you guys have walked into like, okay, well, uh, we're in the ICU, the, the NICU. I can talk about that one even too. We were in the NICU with my youngest son and we weren't sure if he was going to live. We weren't sure if he was going to live. And in that moment, we have a choice. We can either be really sad and frustrated and miss out on that moment. Or we can say, but we have this moment. So that's a mind training to get ourselves into that space and say, but we have this moment. And what do we get to create in this moment that makes it worth it? What do we get to create in this moment that makes it worth it? And so we look for those small shifts. First of all, it might be getting rid of that negativity, that crap, I'm mad because I don't have a hundred more moments or a million more moments. We get to be happy with what we have. And so what's working might be living in the moment. And what's not working might be scarcity. Sad that we don't have that many moments left. So guys, we could go on and on about examples like these. And we're going to continue these conversations throughout the month of November. But right now, and from this experience of the last hour, what I want to ground you in is that joy is a choice. When we're in a space of uncertainty, when we don't know what's coming, when we could be scared or overwhelmed or in a space of fear or anxiety, we have all kinds of choices as to how we're going to show up. And what I encourage you to do is to train yourself, which is exercises, 
really, it is about being joyful. And it doesn't start in that big moment. It doesn't start when you're in the hospital and some of these critical conversations like we're having that I hope you're never in. It starts with the smaller conversations. It starts with how we handle the conversations with our kids about the election. How do we create joy in a space where we have absolutely no idea what's going on? It starts in a situation where our kids aren't sure what they're going to do for schooling. And we say, we don't know, but we're going to make the best of it because we create joy wherever. These are where joy starts. And then when you're in conversations where it is like life and death, and and that's where we're at, then joy gets to appear because we've been practicing all along. So think about your life and think about how you can start applying joy when there's stress, how you can start applying joy when there's anxiety, how you can start applying joy when there's unknown, when there's fear, when there's angst. How do you create joy? And what does joy even look like for you? It could be simply the art of smiling. It could simply be telling yourself, put a smile on your face. Because when we smile, we actually create happiness in ourselves. And hey, here's a secret. CEOs that smile produce more revenue. Who knew? I actually saw that statistic the other day. Can't tell you where I saw it, but it was an amazing statistic. And so my experience is that creating joy is something that we can all train ourselves to create regardless of the circumstance that we find ourselves in. So the book that I I wrote, the book that that I want to share with you is called Joy in Uncertainty. Remember, it's not about the book. It's about what's taught in here. If you want to hear more about me or know what I've been through, definitely read the book. But but the, the whole point of it is that regardless of the situation, we can choose joy. We can choose joy. And my invitation for you today is to choose joy. You can choose whoever you want. You can choose to be whatever you want, but choose joy. You can think about me. You can be the one person that I get to impact in this world. And if so, send me a note, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. I have the easiest email address. Send me a note and let me know. How is choosing joy for you? What's coming up around that? Is that a hard thing for you? Is that a a challenge? What about choosing joy works for you or doesn't work? Because let's dig into this. But guys, choose joy. Because there's a lot of things we can be and we get to be joyful. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me on this today to talk about joy and uncertainty. I love you. Have a wonderful day. And join me next week on Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. Have a wonderful day, guys. I'll talk to you very soon. Thank you for listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Would you like to be on the show or do you have a show idea? Go to KathleenReeson.com forward slash radio. Have a great week.